This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. Star. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. A job you saw him do uh, to a Marconi award-winning level uh, on Thursday night when the Dallas Cowboys beat the Seattle Seahawks 41 to 35 Cowboys put up 40 points. Like we thought they were completely capable of Brian. Uh, they also gave up five touchdowns in the process. It was not a, a pretty game in a number of ways, but look, if we're going to sit here and uh, you know, just drool and fawn over a uh, mid-level quarterback in Philadelphia and call him an MVP candidate for winning nothing but close games and talk about championship DNA. We got to say, the Cowboys showed their championship DNA against the Seahawks by winning a game that in some ways they maybe should not have. Tell you what, man, you're bringing your fastball today. It's right around, <laughs> right around the knees. I, I came in, I came into the morning show. I came into the morning show on Friday with this. I walked into the break before we came on the air and I just started picking a fight with RJ choppy from our show. Yeah. I was like, so the, the Cowboys are going to Super Bowl now, right? Cause this is what the great teams do. They, they win every week like this. So the Cowboys yeah. got to win like this every week from now on. I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it was a nice victory. Uh, first time that you've had to face um, a team. Uh, you know what? It's I say face a team. It's you. You really you didn't really know what you were going to get from the Seahawks. You know, when you watch them on tape, offensively they'd been struggling. San Francisco completely smothered them in the games I watched. Uh, the Rams, you know. It was not as not as a you know not as a, a bad game for the Seahawks. I mean, but it just you didn't know. And you know, Seahawks were having struggles with the stop in the running game. I felt like their secondary was really good. I just I know Bobby talking about it. We were whether we were doing our shows or doing the podcast here, the Love of Star. Um, we were talking about could how would this game hinge? And, and I kind of felt like going in that it was. Whichever secondary played the best, and to be honest with you, neither secondary really played the best. You know, it, it really came down to it came down to some coaching decisions. It came down to some individual players. Um, if you look at the fourth down plays, the three fourth down plays, Tank Lawrence had a hand in all three of those plays. So there were some individual players. Micah Parsons, the rush at the very end. Uh, him to get home and tank to kind of cover for him on the with uh, with uh, Dallas the running back trying to get out in the flat. Yeah, DJ Dallas, DJ Dallas. But yeah, it, I just really didn't know 
what to expect from Seattle. I, but I knew, I knew the skill at wide receiver was really good. And I felt like the skill in their secondary was really good. And, you know, there's a couple of the linebackers, you know, with, uh, you know, which you're, which you're dealing with, with Brooks and, and others there, you know, I, I felt like that it was going to be a, a, that type of game where it could be, it could be tough, but man, both offenses, I, I just never felt like the other, the defenses could really stop the other ones. But, you know, fortunately for the Cowboys, it it turned into where they were able to to find something at the very end because if you're a believer in body language and how a defense looks and how they come walking off the field and are they playing with that fire, the passion and all that, man, mm-hmm. Seattle took that from them. <laughs> they really oh, yeah. did. And then, you know, and all of a sudden they get the interception, but it doesn't lead to points. So now you're still th- you're still sitting there thinking, "Oh geez, here we go." But Man, uh, it was. I know that when I was talking with Zach Wolchuk on the flagship station 105.3, the fan, the halftime show, I'm like, somebody's going to have to make two stops in this game in the second half. Two stops could win this game for somebody. And, uh, you know, fortunately, it was your Dallas Cowboys that got those stops and they were able to, uh, to cash in when the opportunities that they, they got on offense. Yeah, and very specifically, two stops uh, coming from Jordan Lewis on third down plays. How about in this that? Game. We, we were really we concerned were, we about Jordan worried. Lewis. And, and Lewis was not great at, at times. I mean, there were still times he got picked on. The whole secondary got picked on. Deron Bland, who we'll talk about in a second, had a really brutal first half uh, at times. The safeties in this game were not great. Um, and so when you, you look at that, it was absolutely huge. I, I don't think he had like an all-world game or anything, but Jordan Lewis coming up in two massive moments and making two big plays are are huge. And in fact, when when he has stepped up this year, and this is the veteran value and the gamer value of a Jordan Lewis, is that when I think of him stepping up this year, it's been on third downs. Like he did the same thing against Washington. He had a big third down pass breakup on Sam Howell. Um, that was the one that I we had talked about in the press box where Bland had actually gotten beat on a double move and Howell didn't see him and tried to go underneath. I think it was to Curtis Samuel. And Jordan Lewis was right there, broke it up, forced upon Cowboys scored on the next possession. So Jordan Lewis has made big plays. He, he doesn't have a bunch of big pick sixes like Deron Bland, but he's made big pass breakups and big moments this season. And he came through in the Seattle game, even if it wasn't, you know, a, a great performance overall. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We were we even brought up the, the fact of what if Seattle attacks him in this game? What if yeah. he's the guy that all of a sudden, uh, you know, with Smith and Jigba uh, going inside, you know, and 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 you know maybe they move in, you know maybe they're moving Tyler Lockett inside, you know, and that those were those are some legitimate concerns. But you're absolutely right. There's there's an element to Lewis's game that I feel like the more that people are critical of him, maybe he hears it. I I think he does. But, he does, you, you know. He he yeah, it absolutely does. Every time you know somebody says, "Oh, we always block out the noise," they really don't. They don't. Block I'll, I'll I'll give just a quick point on that note. Uh, he he talked after the 2018 season, which was a really rough year for him, just personally. Sure. Being that he, you know, Chris Richard came in here, didn't think he had the length to hang, and basically no. stuck him on the bench. And he he was not one of he was one of their three best corners at the time. It was sure. just he was. He was being held back by something that was outside of his control, which was just his size. But but he performed well, and so it was frustrating. But I remember he talked that offseason the next year, 
And his perspective was, he said, that bench made me a better football player. Yeah. Like being on that bench and, and having to taste that bitterness, it made me a better football player. And I'm grateful for the bench. And I think that he he's the same sort of way. I think he's one of these guys who is absolutely grateful for criticism because I think he feels like it, it forces him to confront things about his own game. And some of the criticism, it is going to be size. It's going to be his age. It's going to be coming off of a serious foot injury. There's going to be only so many things within his control. But with it, what's within his control, he's going to give you everything. He is. And it uh, he's a big game player. There's times when you absolutely need him to step up and he stepped up big uh for your for your football team and i uh i, I was happy for him i i but i'm not gonna lie i had my concerns about how they were going to attack him because i i was you know i was trying to think about well do you play bland some in the slot to kind of combat what maybe the seahawks would do heck Poor Bland, he had his he had his hands full in that game oh, yesterday. But you know what, Bob, Bobby, if, if we if I could transition to him, and is that what you're planning on doing? Going, to, you gonna yeah yeah okay, go, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I watching the all twenty two this morning. I I was expecting to see a, a horror show, but it really wasn't a horror show. And I, and I say this in a way that his coverage was good where the ball was placed was even better you know Gina was throwing some dots in that first it was half. it was the you know the the slant that he gave up that was 73 yards I don't know if Geno Smith could walk the ball out there to Metcalf any better than where he threw it now he didn't was get Wilson he- was Wilson too shallow man I don't know Bobby what he was looking at but they're playing like a cover two look. Okay, for folks out there, if you don't understand the cover two, it's the two safeties on the hash. And all of a sudden, it's like Hooker goes out to his left. He's on off in coverage trying to help. And Wilson, instead of, instead of staying on the hash, because there was no threat, I don't know, but he stepped up. He mm-hmm. stepped up, and it forced him then to have to adjust back to his right, but there was no threat. I don't know what he was stepping up to. And so now you've got, you know, you've got uh, Metcalf breaking on the end, of the, and then you've got or the slant, and so he's outside, and then you've got Wilson stepped up and then trying to adjust going back. Man, that ball was in a perfect spot. But if if Wilson just kind of holds his ground, there's probably a collision right there, or maybe there's you know maybe there's a pass defense, or maybe it's a catch and a gain of you know, but not a gain of seventy three. There were a couple right. times where these safeties in this game were you know the whole the, the 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 third touchdown that Metcalf got when he was running by himself in the end zone. I I don't know. I mean, Bell Bell is carrying an inside route. I don't know what Curse was looking at. I I mean, Curse just Curse just goes diving down, you know, diving down inside and across. And here comes the route from Metcalf, who you know Gilmore is like fighting through all kinds of things to stay with, and he's in good shape until he has a collision with Curse right there in the middle of the end zone, and now it's an easy throw. This has been you know, a bad year for J. Ron Curse. 
it's there's a lot of struggles going on right now with the safety group. And I, I know myself, I've been super critical of Hooker and the, some of the safety play. And it's just something that I felt like watching. I, I was like watching in camp. I'm like, you know, I know these pro football focus grades say this, but to my eye, they need to be better here. They need to be better. I, I get the grade. Oh, he's an 89. He's a, you know, and then they signed him that contract extension. And I'm like, okay, I'll keep my mouth shut. But his grade from PFF, I've seen has kind of gone down. You know, it's mm-hmm. gone from where it was to, you know, and, and I don't hear as many people anymore. Maybe I, I hear the noise too when people, oh, <laughs> you know, you, you said this guy, you know, what, what the hell? You know, I'm like, okay, well, just watch. And I, I think as a whole, this safety group has really, really struggled. But let me swing back, if I could, to, to Bland. Mm-hmm. You know, there, the, the thing that bothered me, it was a third and two, and they're, he's playing off coverage, and it's a throw to, it's a throw, uh, to, um, to Lockett, I believe. Was it? No, it, it was, might be Smith and Jigba. Throw to them, but it was an out, and it went for nine yards. And it's third and two, and he's playing at depth. You know, and on the look on the other side of the, on the film, you know, Gilmore's up on Gilmore's up on his guy, and and so you're wondering what did he miss the did he miss the coverage? Did he miss the call? You know, why on third and two are you playing at depth? And you know, it's just yeah. a simple simple nine yard play. And I go, man, that's not like this guy. But the two passes that went down the field, and you know, and then unfortunately for the pass that Smith and Jigba was ruled an incomplete. It was a touchdown, you know, for the for the Cowboys. It was fortunate; it was ruled uh, incomplete. But he was just in bad shape. I mean, that that point of it was, you know, he's he's in a mode where he's trying to kind of stay in balance, and he really wasn't staying in balance. But not but not every one of his reps. The, the guy should have had two interceptions this game. If you remember, yeah. there was a pressure. The fourth down, the fourth down play. I think the second fourth down play. Uh, Tank gets really good pressure. And so Gino's throwing it off his back foot. He just throws it outside, and he overthrows Smith and Jigba, and and Bland's standing right there trying to adjust to get the ball. He could have had two interceptions in that game. Could have been a train wreck game for him in the first half. Second half could have had two interceptions, you know? But that's that's kind of what you're dealing with right now. But I I just watching the all twenty two, I wasn't I wasn't discouraged by him. I just felt like the Geno Smith and the combinations of the routes and the way these guys finished their routes was a was a, was a problem in this game for him. But yeah, know, fortunately and, they got the win. You know, and, and like we just said, the safeties have have as much blame, if not more, as some Ooh. of the corners at this mm. point. The safeties just have not been good this year. Um, but you know, yesterday Geno Smith, like you said, he was he was throwing really really nice. He had some really nice throws in the first half. Cowboys locked in in the fourth quarter. I think he closed the game going six of fifteen. Yeah, was not nearly as productive down the stretch. When it mattered most, he he kind of you know fell off a little bit in this game, and that's what was able to make the difference for the Cowboys on defense. At one time, Bobby, I think this team was eight of nine on third down. Yep. At one time, and then I think they ended nine of fifteen. Is yeah. what they did. So you know, hats off to the Cowboys on you know third down, and I mentioned the fourth down stops. And what you know, every time I, I I watch Tank Lawrence play, it just reminds me of how special a player he is. His ability to play run, pass, his ability to 
understand uh, the magnitude of the play, magnitude of where he needs to be. Sometimes you think like he's guessing. No, he really knows that the ball's going to go here. So he takes a hard inside charge, gets around, cross, tackles Charbonneau in the in the backfield. You know, ball goes the Cowboys. Big play right there. You know, I mentioned the rush where on fourth down it's an overthrow. The play on the final play with Parsons. You know, that's that's Tank Lawrence. If you if you've ever had a problem with Tank Lawrence, I really don't know why because. He's capable of making those plays that he's uh, that he made in that football game. He was a big reason why you were able to get off the field with a victory uh, yesterday. Absolutely, that fourth down stop is probably the play of the yeah. game. Um, yeah. I, I mean that that honestly saves this game for the Cowboys in a game yeah. with no punts. By the way, uh, you are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, Brian, uh, we talked a lot about the defense there, defense taking a lot of the headlines, but this is a game you won because of your offense, um, or, or, or at least, you know, stops from the defense late and the offense continuing to play at a really high level. Dak Prescott playing at a high level. Um, you get some really impressive performances in this game from Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like a full stat, you know, a stat line, but Brandon Cooks made some really big plays in this game. Two-point conversion, a couple yeah. of big third-down conversions, a touchdown. Uh, Cooks was massive in this one. C.D. Lamb, there were you know a couple of uh, questions about his hands in in two different instances in this game, and we'll we'll start with that here in just a second. But he also had another big game, almost 150 yards from scrimmage again. Um, let's talk about the two drops. The one on the the fourth downside, I think everybody knows that's one he should have made. He patted himself on the chest. That's how he saw it. The one that was at the goal line, Brian where Dak buzzed it between like three defenders. Yeah. It looked almost like CD didn't see it until it was there, but I mean, it hit right in his hands and goes through. Is that one that you say, man, you got it. You got to finish that. That's literally right there in your hands. Or do you say, do you think he just, he didn't see the ball? You know, you're, you're right about him, you know, and nobody's here trying to make excuses for CD lamb. You no, wonder, and he was good. He 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 was really good yesterday. Overall. Yeah, and you wonder you wonder after a drop, sometimes he fights it a little bit until mm-hmm. he gets going again. You know, he doesn't he doesn't look you know as confident in 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 the way he plays when he has that. That was a big drop in the game. I mean, Dak Prescott. You know, it, it give give Dak a lot of credit. He put the ball exactly where it needed to be put. And it wasn't – sometimes you run that what they call sprint right option, you know, with the yep. option routes and stuff. It's an old Bill Walsh play. And 
sometimes the quarterbacks take the ball too far to the edge and the receiver runs out of room. Dak, Dak put the ball, I mean, as soon as he broke to his right, that ball was out and on the line. So he gave, he gave Lamb plenty of room to secure the ball and get both feet down and get the first down. I mean, it was a quick, decisive throw. So sometimes when you have drops like that, you come back, and, I, and I've noticed this with Lamb. He has those moments where he has a bad play, and there might be two other bad plays on top of it, and then things kind of click back in for him again. And I yeah, think and, that, and early, his, the first couple of years of his career, it used to not click, and that and not, was a big problem. That him. was a big it problem. Used, it used the, to take him out of games. Yeah, the Giants game. Remember the, the Giants, Giants game, game was the, the Gi- Giants game was the first game Monday yes. uh, Sunday night football Monday night football I can't remember what it was week yeah. three of last season was right. the first time we had seen CD bounce back in game from one of those things right and he, that was a huge right. step to him becoming the player that he is today absolutely and so I think that's what happens to Lamb but you also mentioned what was going on with uh, with Cooks as mm-hmm. well they they figured out Cooks and I mean the Cowboys have figured out Cooks. Took him a few, but it's yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it, absolutely. They figured out his his touchdown that the the one he had against where he was lined up over where Bobby Wagner was in coverage. I mean, at the snap, I mean, you immediately see him. I mean, he sprints inside, and Wagner. I don't know what Wagner was looking at. He just doesn't react at all. I mean, here's mm-hmm. here's Cooks just flying down inside, and Wagner is like he's looking at Dak. And then like, oh, damn, oh, here's my guy going inside. But I also want to point out in that play that it was a rough game, I thought, for Tyron Smith and, 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 and a little bit of Tyler Smith on that left side. Whole, whole offensive line, it felt like yeah, had issues at times. It was, Steel, but, Steel, was, Steel was not good. But for Cook's touchdown, you look at what Ty- Tyron Smith, the, it's, one of the, it's one of the best blocks I've ever seen. He took two guys. It was almost like he was blocking for a field goal. Like like Jones on the outside. I mean, it was Jones on the outside on the rush. He slams Jones outside and pushes him far. I mean, just stops his charge. And then he's got Brooks on the blitz inside. So he goes, he goes bam to his left and slides back to his right. And then bam with his right hand to get Brooks. So it gives Prescott the time. It gives Cooks the ability to get into where he needed to be. It gave Dak the opportunity. Like Dak's like thinking, oh, geez, I got a blitzer. But Tyron Smith took care of two guys on the play. It's one of the most impressive blocks. I I can say it was like blocking for an extra point the way he did it. But just to get back with Cooks, the tight window, he made a, there was a tight window throw that he made on, uh, Dak made on third and seven that got into the ball. And yep. it looked like that Prescott initially wanted to throw the ball to Lamb going to his left, but he was yes. covered. He's covered. Now he has to come back inside. And this is third and seven. Somehow he fits the ball between Diggs and Trey Brown, you know, but he puts it on the back side where Diggs can't get it. So this is where all of a sudden, like, he's running the route and, and Prescott's like, if I throw it in front, Diggs is going to make the play. But if I throw it behind, he's not going to get it. And it was a gain of 16 on third and seven. You know, that's just that tight window, confident throw that Prescott makes. But here's Cook. Ball's behind him a little bit, but it's a back shoulder throw. So that that Diggs, the safety, dives for it, can't get it. 
and now you get a now you get a big you know a big play. So I, I you know I, I think there's there's things with these receivers that that have been super 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 positive. And you know the two point play we saw. I think they want to throw the ball to Gallup on the pivot on the two point play for Cooks. And so here's Gallup in and out, but he gets covered. And then so Cooks is tight slot right, and he comes, he's working on Diggs and then Adams. So he goes from one safety to the other, and neither really reacted all that well to the route. And then Prescott, boom, finds him for the two point play. But that's what we've seen now from Cooks. Where, you know, where, that, where- where do you stand? I'm glad you mentioned Gallup there. Where do you stand at present on the Gallup versus Tolbert talk? I'll tell you what. Uh, both of them right now are really good blockers. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll I'm say glad, I'm, that, gl- I'm glad I'm glad Gallup's doing something well. Well, I'll say this: when you watch the All Twenty Two, when it's fourth and one, they they load up the formation to the strength to the right, and Gallup is kind of tight to the left. Well, they run the ball. They take the ball and it goes straight to the perimeter. And what happens? Gallup gets like a down block. Like he, like he comes inside and like seals it off inside. So now the ball's to the edge and then around the corner. So, you know, on fourth and one, you're like going, Oh, that, that, that's, you know, you're always worried about the ball bouncing, you know, to the outside. But mm-hmm. it was really, it was kind of a crafty design by the staff because, they set the strength to the right, and then Gallup is the only receiver on the left, as I mentioned. So Biotish got on his guy of getting he gets Reed, and then Gallup cracks inside on Brooks, and that seals the edge. So Pollard with a burst, you know, he grabs the corner and get with those blocks. And so it's a gain of eleven on a fourth and one. So where I'm falling on this thing, where I'm falling on Gallup right now, the problem with Gallup, Bobby, in my opinion, is I just don't see Gallup as a good enough route runner in this offense. I think mm-hmm. that's a problem. I don't think there's the separation. I don't think there's the the fluidity in the game. I think he's I think there's at times he could be really productive. You know, we've seen him in tight spaces, catch the ball, contort and do all those things. But when you ask him to run routes, it's not gonna be like Tolbert. It's not gonna be like Cooks. It's not gonna be like Lamb. And it and it's and in a way, Turpin I wouldn't say is a great route runner, but Turpin's got so much speed that you have to you have to you have to acknowledge that as if you're a mm-hmm. defender. And so all of a sudden, when Turpin goes running through a, the secondary, there's people reacting, and now there's usually something coming behind Turpin running through the secondary. So I just don't see Gallup right now as being that guy that's that executes really the the, the routes. Uh, you know he's able to. He's just having problems. I think separating and so is and, is, is Tolbert a better receiver right now? Right now he is. Yeah, right now he is. Yeah, he is. But it's funny on that on this play when Tolbert made the big catch along the sidelines. That was another one where Dak. You know when Dak, Steele got worked right oh, off the snap did and get worked. Th- th- there were two really insane plays from Dak in this game. I thought, and and, and we'll close up with Dak here in just a sec before we yeah. get to some burning questions for the last segment but you get the, the one where steel gets beat instantly yeah. and then he he gets out of that throws the ball to tolbert and then there was the other one where pollard had sort of missed a, a blitz pickup yeah and ended up on the ground and then popped back up and Dak kind of tosses it to him yeah and pollard makes a play in space picks up the first down two really big plays from Dak in this one 
Yeah, and you mentioned the escape one because Taylor, you know, Taylor somehow, I mean, uh, Steele really doesn't even get out of his stance. I mean, it's that mm-hmm. quick of a win. And Prescott is basically going backwards. And I mean, backwards and he's spun. And now just with strength, instead of, you know, usually you think with power, you're going forward. He's backing up. He's going backwards. And Taylor can't grab him. And so what happens is when you see the all 22, all the routes stop. They think Prescott sacked. Lamb stops. I thought he was. Yeah, Lamb stops. Uh, Tolbert stops. Everybody stops. And now Dak's running. So you got Pollard, Lamb, Tolbert. They all start moving again. And what happens is Witherspoon is on Tolbert, and he just leaves Tolbert. I mean, leaves him. And he's running for it. And the one thing about Witherspoon, this son of a gun will hit you. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a good tackling corner. He's physical. Way, yeah, that that's secondary for the Seahawks. Well, they'll tackle, but it, but the thing about it is, like, he leaves Tolbert, and what's Tolbert doing? He's standing on the standing on the uh, you know the boundary there, just waiting for the football. So he's thinking, you know, Witherspoon thinks Prescott's going to run with the football. Well, he's not. He just he sets up, boom, fires the ball to Tolbert, and it's again seventeen yards. So I mean, that's that's the kind of play. That you know, it's just amazing, and that's if if Dak wins any awards, that's the one play they're going to show as the highlight play for yep. <laughs> for Dak. Yeah, Prescott. it's 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 like the uh, it's the Oscar clip, like when you're yeah. nominated for best yeah. actor, and they yeah. show a quick clip. That exactly. that'll be the one for for Dak. Yeah. Dak again, uh, 299 passing yards, three touchdowns. Last six weeks now, or, or uh, not six weeks, we're on seven weeks now. 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. He is playing at a ridiculously high level uh, at this point for the Cowboys. Can I ask you, before we go to those questions, Bobby, finish mm-hmm. up the segment. Are you going to do Dak right now? We're still do, we're talking about Dak right now. Yeah, but, yeah. Go, just go ahead and yeah, right, wrap up with Dak, about, and then we'll do the burning question. How about the final – okay, how about the final pass that Dak threw in the game? Were you good with that one? I was fine with the decision to go and throw the ball there. I did not like the play that was drawn up. Didn't you? I, 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 I didn't like the idea of just like basically, uh, all right, this is a single route. Like, we're just going to throw the fade here. I didn't like that. Yeah, people, I've, I've been on a couple of platforms today. I'm not going to lie. At that point in time, I got tired of the Seahawks. I got tired yeah, of the I, I Yeah, I wanted to go for it. I, I wanted to score, I, but I, I, I wanted a real route concept. Well, I wanted, I was willing to say, run the ball, run the ball twice to try and get four mm-hmm. yards. That's what I was willing to do. I was going to do everything. I got tired of trying to cover. Uh, trying to cover DK Madcalf. I got tired of trying to cover uh, Smith and Jigba. I got tired of of covering Tyler Lockett in this game. You know, I got tired of covering Fant in this game. You know, I I I wanted this game to be over, but I didn't want to give them you know a minute forty five. I just didn't. I thought that was I thought that was poor management. To me, if you want to go for the win, run the ball twice. And if you don't I mean. You kind of you were you you know you kind of were able to get two three four yards, you know a carry and you know yeah they know you're going to run but you have two downs to get four yards, you know if you're if you're any good you get I would not if I'm Mike McCarthy I am not sending that defense out back on that field with a minute forty five still on that clock especially with the first pass that was thrown it went for seventeen yards. Yeah, the, you know, the other I, the other I'm side thinking, of that though I mean, is if the they Seahawks lose, were. If, if they the lose Seahawks were unable to cover you all night. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, but, not, it's 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 a decent gamble to say you you should be able to convert them. But, I okay, just didn't but like the call itself. I didn't li- I didn't like the play call. I didn't. Uh, to me, if you run it, okay, if you want to throw it, even if you want to throw it, don't throw a fade. Don't throw that fader out like that. Don't don't do that. 
Yeah, that to me, that's just a low percentage. You know, if you want to, but I think that they could have, I think they could have, I think they could have finished off that game without putting their defense back out there. That's, that's me. That, that's, if my Mike McCarthy, that's my goal. I know the condition of my defense and all game long. I mean, they've been battling, but, you know, to put them out there with like that, 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 if, again, if they lose that game, that's all we're talking about. What he, that decision he made. Yeah, it, but it, it worked. It worked out for him. It it's worked one out. that it ultimately works out for him, and they do yeah. score forty points again. Another yeah. forty point it home sure game did. from the Dallas Cowboys. Sure you are listening did. to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian. We're going to finish up here with a few. Uh, typically, we just kind of do a, a a recap of the game. Uh, and so then we get to mailbag a little bit later in the week. We're not going to quite do mailbag, uh, but we are going to do some Cowboys burning questions. I got I got a few topics that I want to kick around with you that I was thinking okay. about today. Uh, and so the first one for you here, I got three. First one is Dak Prescott the best friend of tight ends of um, among all the NFL quarterbacks? Is he the most tight end friendly quarterback in the NFL right now? When you look at how he's you know, helped Blake Jarwin create a career. He did what he did, you know, with Jason Witten for a time. He's made Dalton Schultz a lot of money. And now he's he's really helping to bring along uh, Jake Ferguson. And not to just totally discount what those guys do on their own and their own work ethic and what they contribute to it. But it does feel like with Dak's ability to throw those seam routes, his how he looks for the tight ends, the uh, connection that he seems to have with those guys, could you make an argument that Dak is the most tight end friendly quarterback in the NFL? I think that he's... It doesn't take very long to call the role if that's the case. Uh, you know, maybe people look at you know Patrick Mahomes and what he's done with his guy. Maybe you might look at uh, Jalen Hurts with what he's done with uh, what he's done with Dallas Goddard, and then also mm-hmm. before that Zach Ertz a little bit, right? Uh, yep. I think I'm right. The recently that. released Zach Ertz, by yeah, the way. probably end up. We'll probably see him next week in Philly, Dallas Philly game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. Well, Darius Leonard can cover him. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, Lamar Jackson with what they've done at their time. Lamar Jackson's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. As as long as, as long as you can move with Lamar Jackson, that's fine. Yeah. 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 As as long as you can have that, That, but but he is developing a reputation as a little bit of a, a kingmaker for tight ends. No, no question. No question. His ability to, uh, his ability to throw both left and right helps tight ends a ton. He's just not a one side thrower. His ability because you do the waggles, the boots, the nakeds, the things where he's in space, and then you know, get a tight end, it's a simple little throw. But he's thrown the seam ball. I think this is the best I've ever seen him, Bob. Maybe yeah. you, you know, you, you've no, no, it, you, you it, it remember, 100% is. You remember, and I think a lot of his turnovers came off passes that went down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't seen that. You know, we haven't seen that. He's he's thrown some really catchable balls. But he he finds a way to get the tight end involved. That pass he threw with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Adams covering to Ferguson. Yeah. If Ferguson extends his hands, I mean, it's it's a touchdown, right? It, yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't but, the but, cleanest catch, and if he doesn't catch that, Adams picks it off. I think I think so too. But but yeah. he put he put it in the spot where his guy could get it. That's where it would have the, if that ball gets through, it's hitting Adams right between the three and the three, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe bouncing off his chest. That kind of a ball, 
but your to your question, your point, everything that you just asked, yes, Dak Prescott is one of the friendliest tight end uh, players there's 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 been in a while. And I think that's a good reason to be bullish on Luke Schoonmaker too. Um, is because you know that you you've seen it. I mean, honestly, you've you've seen not not right now, not the where he's at, but I'm yeah. just saying you've seen that this is a quarterback that knows how to help tight ends develop. I, so whatever growing yeah. pains are going to be there with Schoonmaker, I think you can feel. Stephen Jones, Stephen Jones said that today on, with us, Bobby, on 105.3 The Fan. We had him on. You know, we used to have him on Friday uh, Friday afternoons at three o'clock, and he said that about. We were asking the questions about tight ends, and you know, we I wasn't trying to ask a question about Schoonmaker, but he Dak, he brought up Dak and the fact that Schoonmaker and Ferguson and because I, I asked I asked him a question about if Ferguson is Ferguson exceeded any expectations that you've had for him when when he when you drafted him out of mm-hmm. Wisconsin has he ex- I, has he I, I don't I don't know what I don't know what his answer is but I'm telling you he absolutely has exceeded what they thought of him. that he, <laughs> he did that. he he said <laughs> no he goes no Brian you're right I mean. But Stevens is usually always very, very positive. But he mentioned Luke Schoonmaker's name too, and it, it kind of did my heart good because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm riding the Luke Schoonmaker bandwagon by myself right now. Look, he he got put in the same position as Tolbert. He missed a lot of the OTA minicamp yeah. stuff. I think it put him really far behind. I and, and I think I think that's well, just what I, the biggest problem. I appreciate you saying that, Bobby, because I don't have I'm running I'm running out of excuses. For some you know what? I'm right there with you because I was just as high on Luke Schoonmaker as you were coming out of school. Uh, next one for you here, and again, these are not necessarily truths it's not like hey this is what it is brian argue against it or anything else Uh just a question Uh brian given what we've seen this season and that we haven't seen the giant leaps is it possible micah parsons has peaked you're gonna try and get me in trouble i'm just asking i'm just asking if it's possible i'm not saying no i mean i'm just no (laughs) but peak for the season or peak for his career Sure, both. <laughs> They're burning. No, I mean, I, I asked this question, Bobby. I asked this question. I, look, look, look. I'll say this. I'll say this. I, I asked I think this question. Was, and it got, it got slaughtered. Year. I did. He was. I mean, be- he was. He was better. He was better last year, and I was anticipating he was going to be much better this year. So, in that sense, I think it has been a little. I think he's. I think he's doing. I think that rush he had. The fact he had seven pressures in that game. I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was, I was. The question I had is. How could how could Tyree Phillips, backup offensive lineman for the New York Giants, keep him off the stat sheet? That's that's yeah. the question I had. You know, and maybe you know maybe something was going on, but he heard he heard us all. You know, and he heard about the slowing down and all that stuff like that. He's played well the last couple of weeks. He sure has. But you wonder when because he he plays at such a high level that you wonder. <laughs> You, when you when he doesn't have one of those games, you're like, well, what's wrong? Is he hurt? Is he you know? And then like, yes, people are like, no, he's not hurt. But the one thing I will say this for him, he, I, give me a player in the NFL on defense that's schemed more against than him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, he is a he is a complete focus. Of, of, of I, opposing teams. I mean, if you want to say the the guy at Cleveland, 
you know? Are, are we talking specifically pass rushers or schemed against in general? Because because Justin Je- Justin Jefferson is no no is a defensive target. defensive yeah that, that, that's what that's why I said yeah. if we're talking about in general all players Justin defensive, Jefferson is defensive. targeted as a as a scheme guy um yeah it's Micah it, it's hundred percent Micah and and I'd say even more than Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett is tremendous this is not any sort of a slight what i'm about to say but he is he is put within a box more than yeah. mike is micah yeah. is moving everywhere it makes him really difficult to to game plan for yeah so, that's, just, that's, just a question i'm, I'm not, no, it's not an I, accusation I, I, just a question no, no. and I, I i i'm sure people are going to listen to this and somebody's going to clip this and they're going to go oh here they are they're at it again they think micah's not any good no that's not the case at all when micah gets held off the stat sheet by a backup tackle for the New York Giants you you have to ask a question was he, yeah. is he and he slowed down last year the pressures were there but we didn't see the sacks you know and we're, we're seeing the we're seeing the pressures here we're seeing the last, pressures last one for you here Micah Parsons what are you trying to presence. do man no 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 I was just asking CD Lamb Bobby Belt is asking these <laughs> questions CD Lamb is not only this team's number one receiver he's also their third running back true or false Man, that's I, because I was thinking maybe Turpin, but man, what a great run that that run that he had. He's on that. been he's been impressive. He shows some he shows some My ability taking God. the ball out of the backfield. I think he I think he functions as their third running back. Well, the jet the jet sweep that he ran because he's going right to left here, mm-hmm. but he got some really good blocks. Tolbert blocked Witherspoon on that play. I mean, it got him to the corner. So here we are. I'm talking about Tolbert. Give him a helmet sticker for his block. Give a helmet sticker to Gallup for his block on the fourth and one play. But it, it really was Lamb got around that corner so quick. But then he gets Diggs and Bush both to miss him. They both miss him when he's tackling in the open field. Great call. Big play. Gain of 24. Just huge. But as far as the third running back, I, I think you're on to something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they've 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 found something there. He's carried the ball. Well, they, I think they put five, him in the backfield. Five. You're right, right. They put him yeah. in the backfield some of the season. Yeah, they they, they, see, they see a little bit of Debo sailing yeah. him. That yeah. does it for us today here on the Love the Star podcast. Cowboys secure another big victory, uh, and here in a, a little over a week, you're going to get your revenge shot against the Philadelphia Eagles. One and zero so far in this five game stretch. That is going to be the true test of the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott's MVP candidacy. Real quick prediction. Real quick. Yes or no prediction on Leonard? Yes, Cowboys. No, Cowboys. Um, so I'll really quickly just say this: the more I talk to people, the more it sounds like the Cowboys don't want. Like the Cowboys don't have any. Like, wow, why is, was this guy released? It sounds like they understand there's some limitations there. Is what it sounds like to me. So I think they, I think they'd like to have him. So, but I, I don't think they're as hot on him as as fans probably. Do are. they get? Right, so, let me ask, let I think get, yes. I'll say yes. I'll say he ends up a Cowboy. I'm gonna go yes as well. I'm going to go, I, I'm gonna go with yes as well. I, I think he ends up a cowboy, and he'll be out there guarding Zach Ertz, like I said, here in, uh, in just about a week, Brian. Uh, keep an eye on uh, Eagles and 49ers. That'll be a big game for the Cowboys to watch this Sunday. Uh, and until next time, for Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We'll talk to you guys again later.